Hey, Bob here, and welcome back to the Your Virtual Upline Podcast, where we give network marketers the mindset, strategies, and skills that you need to build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, Bob here. Welcome back to the show, episode 352. So today I want to ask you the question, what do you do when serving and supporting and leading your team no longer serves you anymore? What do you do when you get to that point of just burnout and exhaustion? Like you've been doing all of these things for so long. You've created incredible success and you've helped a lot of people, but you just can't do it anymore. How do you break free from that? Well, today I actually want to share an interview with you. Really excited for you to hear this one. I want to share an interview that I did with a one-on-one personal coaching client of mine. Her name is Jackie Richards. Jackie has been a longtime listener of this show all the way back to 2016. She has been one of our greatest supporters of our work and what we do. And uh, in the beginning of the year, she became a personal coaching client of mine. And I've been working with Jackie for the last four months. We're still working together. We've done some really important stuff together in helping her try to navigate some of the issues that I've mentioned before. And But she is just an overall incredible human being. And so I wanted to invite her on the show and just kind of talk about some of the things that we've done together in our coaching. So if you're somebody that's got a larger team, you've created a level of success, but you feel totally stuck in your business, right? You, you're you so caught in the daily hustle and grind of everything to do. It feels like you just can't come up for breath, right? You're so in your business. You want to figure out, how do I start working on my business? How do I find that freedom that I've been after? How do I fall in love with the business again, right? How do I break free from that trap? If, if you are somebody that has ever struggled with that, this is going to be a really, really important interview with, for you. So we talk about this idea of working on your business instead of in it, being able to take a step back and reassess what you do and why you're doing it. And there's a lot of really valuable stuff about, you know, working hard from a place of guilt and feeling like you have to prove what you have earned to the people that are on your team. And But we end the discussion. Jackie is one of her things. She is the self-proclaimed queen of Instagram Reels. She does an incredible job teaching people how to share their story in an authentic way through their content. So the conversation kind of ends with that. So just you know, a heads up, we've got some really good stuff on content, storytelling, and Reels. But more specifically, if if you're just if that's where you are in your business and you're feeling that way, this is going to be a home run for you. And I do want to say this, okay? If you listen to this episode and some of the things that you hear Jackie and I talking about, you're like, man, this feels like some stuff that I might need some help on. I am taking one-on-one coaching clients. It's the first time I've done this in many, many years, and I still do have a couple of uh, spots left. And so if uh, you're somebody that you think could benefit from this type of coaching, shoot me a message on Instagram. Shoot me a DM. Just let me know who you are. Let's have a conversation and let's see if we think there may or may not be a fit. But let me turn the interview over to Jackie. You're going to love her. She's so incredible. It's a really powerful conversation. I'll be back when we're done. Well, hey, everybody. Bob here. I've got a very special guest with me today. I'd like to introduce to all of you. I have a feeling some of them may 
already know you, Jackie, but I'm excited to have Jackie Richards here with me today on the show. Hey, Jackie. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. I know. So you've been uh, you've been a listener of the show for a while, right? I have. I have. I've been a longtime listener, I feel like since 2016. Wow. So yes. the very beginning. That was like when mm-hmm. we started in 2016. Yep. That's cool. Well, so so Jackie is, as she shares, she's been a longtime follower. She has had a tremendous amount of success in the profession. She's a top leader with Saint, and she's built an incredible business. And she also really adds a lot of value in the area of helping people with social media and content. And that's definitely going to be one of the things we, we're going to talk a little bit about how content has changed. And I know you have some strong thoughts on that. But Jackie is also a personal coaching client of mine. And so she and I have been coaching together here for about the last four months. And she's just been an absolute pleasure to work with. And But I think, Jackie, I think some of the things at the level of business that you're at, some of the coaching we've done is a little different. And I think uh, one topic in particular that I really would love for us to dive into in the interview is this whole idea of reevaluating your role in your business and how sometimes as our business grows and we become more successful, we wind up just doing lots and lots of things, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're not always the best things for us to do, but being able to have some outside perspective to look at what you're doing and ask yourself, are should I still be doing these things? And and trying to create a role in your business that really reinventing yourself, but finding a place that you can go back to really loving the business again, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'd love to kind of, I want to dive into that with you and just to tee up what we're talking about. But before we get into that, could you, would you take a moment just to kind of introduce Absolutely. yourself and say hello to yeah. everyone? Hello, everyone. Yes, I am excited to be here. And working with Bob in the past four months is, has been just honestly a dream, a life. It, ever since I got involved in network marketing, I've followed his podcast. And I, I really didn't ever think I'd have the opportunity to get to work with him. But when this came about in, in the winter, I was excited to hear that he was taking on clients. And it was it definitely has been one of the best things I've done for my business. Uh, I, I, in fact, I re-upped again because I was like, I absolutely, this has been something I've learned a ton from. One thing about my leadership style is I feel like I can be a little bit of a martyr. I'm sure this will resonate with many listeners where I feel like if I'm not blood, sweat, and tears in my business, then I don't either A, deserve the pay I'm getting, or um, I I just am not demonstrating enough to my team. And we got to work on that right away when I started working with Bob. Um, A lot of learning how to pivot out of my guilt-ridden activities. Um, What what I mean by that is there is, it's kind of a joke I have going that whenever I'm talking to teammates and and trying to help people, I'm always like, let's get on a Zoom call. Like it's like this like intuitive thing that I say. And it's might sound nice. And some people listening might be like, oh, that's great. You do that, Jackie. But it actually became a very toxic behavior of mine, constantly doing that out of guilt. And I with since we're working with Bob, I've learned how to kind of pivot out of that. Um, one thing that we brought up on our last call was I, I've been struggling with the identity of of who I was for three years in my business. The first three years of my business, I did a lot of activities that were time consuming. And I and and there was a lot more I feel like I could give to people that joined me three years ago. And 
not, not more. What's the word I'm trying to think here? A lot. There's just, there was just this aspect of myself that of who I was three years ago and who I am now is different. And my time constraints are different and everything like that. And I was telling Bob, I just feel bad. I'm like, I, I feel bad. And he told me that, and this was earth, this was earth shattering for me because I've always been feeling guilty that it's that who I am is shifting. And he says, the people who join me now though, in 2020 two are getting a newer version of myself. And I feel like that would, that alone, that, that advice alone was something I needed to hear. And I think many leaders need to hear that it's okay that you are not who you used to be and who built the X, Y, and Z team size and whatever years ago, that it's okay to grow through things and become a new version of yourself for the new people who are joining you. That's, let, that's, but let me, let me add to that. Yeah, please do. A good point. So what we talked about was yeah, and by the way, just share with them what how many people do you have on your team so they understand the size of your yeah. Uh, I have about eighty five hundred people on my team. Right, so very big organization, lots of established leaders. Right, so you're not necessarily working with eighty five hundred people. No, but, you no. know they're still a tremendous Demand, event. though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're you are Jackie. You're the type of leader where you always. You know, you're you're so driven by helping and serving and just wanting to give back. And and so it's really hard for you to recognize that that's that natural bias is no longer serving not only me, but it's also not serving your team because you're just running yourself to the ground. Right. And so so when we talked about the people that come into your team today, they may not get the same amount of your personal one-on-one time, but what they do get are the years of hard work and effort that you've put into building systems, creating mm-hmm. other leaders, developing culture, right? Creating content that they can consume, right? We A lot of times we only just narrowly focus on, but they're not getting the 30-minute call with me anymore. Yeah. But they're getting everything else that you've spent time creating and we lose sight of that sometimes, right? Yeah, I didn't. I did not see that coming into this coaching with you. I really have just been focusing on the lack of it. So being shown like, hey, but let's look at the other side of the coin. There's a lot to look at. Yeah. When you first came into the coaching, Jackie, I don't remember what it was. What was the number one problem you were looking to solve? Was it related to this when you came in? I don't remember. Yeah, a little. Well, I mean, honestly, it was just being able to work with you. I mean, I like I said, I've always listened to podcasts. I have it linked in my team resources. So just jumping at that chance. But I think for me too, uh, I I mentioned the martyr factor to my personality and I was doing a lot of calls on my own. And I, again, I know this will resonate with a lot of leaders. Like it's just easier to just take care of it yourself than to collaborate. And so um, when I joined this, I was hoping to learn, how do I open myself up for help? Yeah. <laughs> how do I allow other people to work with me? And we covered that. Yeah. So it's really what it is, is learning how to work on your business yes, and not just in it all the time, right? Because yep. it's isn't it so easy to get stuck in it with all of the messages and all the questions and all the demands. And then you've got personal content, you've got team calls, you've got code. It's just like the list just keeps bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're, we're fighting our way just to get through the list every day. And we wind up getting to a point where we're not spending our time in the highest leverage ways. And now we're spinning our wheels we're not seeing as much growth. We're starting to feel a little resentful of the business because it doesn't feel like freedom. And you, by every sense of the word, based off of what you've created, you have every right to have as much freedom in your business as you want. But that just wasn't where you were. Right. 
my brain just kept going back to, well, I got to stay who I was and who built this, you know, three yeah. years ago. So yeah, it's been really freeing to see how, what does that look like working on my business? We've, we've discovered what that looks like. We've discovered delegating and collaborating, and those have been really freeing for me this year. Yeah. Well, I'd like to dive into the delegation part, but I want to see if we could just dive into this specific example that we had with you, That because I think this will be relatable. So for you, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were doing these one-on-one calls with people that were your first generation sponsors, right? And yeah. you were doing like a weekly call too, weren't you or something like Lots, that? Yes, at least weekly. They were getting all they were getting lots of time Jackie time because they were yeah. on your first level. Of course, yeah, that was my mentality. <laughs> Explain that mentality. Where where yeah. was that coming from? I that was the guilt thing. I felt like, you know, I do owe that to people is what I felt, the story I told myself. But we we had discussed how sometimes these calls can actually be more of a burden. They they clog up people's calendars and sometimes it can create just an environment for not really personal, not really growth and training. And so we 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 came up with some ways to pivot out of them and create more beneficial calls. And I can yeah. go into that if you'd like me to. Yeah. So what normally yeah. when I take on a new client like you. I'll want to kind of get an inventory of like, so what do you do in your business, right? And so we kind of list it. And so you mentioned these calls. And that was the first... I can usually tell pretty quickly if somebody says they're doing something that they probably shouldn't be doing it. And so you said this and I was like, okay, this feels off. And I think I asked you, when you get off these calls, do you feel good? Like it was a good use of your time and you kind of like, you know, I you answered without answering me. And, it, and it's not necessarily like they're not good people. It just wasn't a very good use of time. And and you were like, not really. And and I remember saying, well, then why are you doing them? And you gave me this answer. And I said, yeah. so just because they're on your first generation, they get access to you beyond what somebody on your second or third that might be way more deserving of it because they're actually committed and doing the work. Like to me, I was like, that doesn't feel fair. Right. So let's discuss what we did. So yeah. I still, for my my conscience, because I haven't fully shaken the guilt, <laughs> which I feel like is it's okay. It's a process, baby steps. I'm baby working steps. through it. I still hold a monthly, now monthly, which is a lot, it's a big step it's for me, monthly for my front line. And I feel like, you know, that's that's okay. And I actually did it last night and I felt great. It was great. We got to catch yeah. up and there was actually things to catch up on because yep. we hadn't spoken in a while. But what he was referencing with like second generation, third, fourth, fifth, I began doing, I don't know if the events is the word, but it's like online event. We, so collaborations with other leaders where everyone can have access on my team to not some, not an event that just Jackie runs herself into the ground doing, but I've pulled other leaders alongside of me to, you know, host a call or, you know, a Facebook event where we're training on X, Y, and Z. And that did feel a lot better because it wasn't just gatekeeping myself to my first generation, but other people had access to a larger event. And so, yeah, just kind of spattering those in between this year has felt really good and freeing of my time, but also a good use of my time and diversifying, not just me as the, as the leading the charge, but other leaders as well. Yeah. Well, part of the resistance, if I remember was, so we talked about like, let's create these opportunities for other types of trainings and other support. And I remember you were a little resistant to that at first because oh, yeah. you were like, well, I don't want to have to do that. It's just another thing on my list. And I remember saying, well, the goal isn't for you to do it. Yeah. 
The goal is for you to delegate to other people. You create the opportunity for it to happen and you delegate to others. So the mm-hmm. calls are going on, but it's not necessarily taking your personal time. That I feel like that's a hard thing. I know it was for me letting go and letting other people step in that I knew they weren't going to do it quite as good as I could. And, you know, like that's a, that's not an easy thing to do, right? Right. No, I think egotistically speaking, it was, it was tough, but in the end, it's way better. I don't know. I, and as I've asked more people to come forward and either train in our team page or run a call one, it's so good for the culture of the team. It's so good for the culture of the either up and coming leader or the, whoever you have invited. And I didn't realize how much gatekeeping of someone else's growth I was doing by always handling every single Zoom call, even though you know I've got to do this. But it's been growth all around myself, but everyone else that I've been able to invite to be a part of those types of things. Yeah. Has all of this led you, not to say that you like hated your business or anything, but do you feel any different today about your business having kind of taken some of these steps? Yeah, I definitely feel lighter. I I still feel like I'm I'm like in process of growing and discovering this new normal, so it does feel weird sometimes, but it feels like more freeing and I feel like that's what this was meant to be in the first place. Yeah. We just don't allow ourselves to feel that or to to do that, right? Yeah. It's an interesting transition because we do know for a network marketing business you you have to sacrifice time and there is to get something off the ground, it does take a lot of exertion. And I just think it's hard to pivot out of that and know when you're worthy of the break. And I feel like that's where I, I you came in as I, I didn't know it was safe, even though I had a full blown mental breakdown last year. Like I like, I, I dealt with like these like stop signs and things coming up for me, but I, I was still having a hard time of being like, no, it's safe. It's okay. And I feel yeah. like as leaders in the industry, we need someone sometimes to be like, Hey, <laughs> let's take a look at this. Yeah. So the so the the breakdown came from just not being able to just getting to the point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I think I just I just wasn't stopping. I just was it it was it's for me, it was a culmination of, of content. I was overdoing my content because I had positioned myself as this, you know, reels queen and I wanted to help as many people in other companies. So my inbox was flooded. I don't think I was delegating well enough my inbox. And then on top of people from other network marketing companies coming to me for advice. I had my own team and then I was still doing one-on-ones because I, I was guiltfully doing those. Like, I owe them this. It was just a lot of ignoring the signs and I, I was toasted last spring. Hey, just wanted to jump in here real quick because I've got one big ask for you. Look, you know we don't advertise on the podcast and my intention is to not sell or pitch you on the show this year. We just want to deliver free content that is 10 times better than what you paid for to help you transform your business. So my ask is this, help me spread the word of Love Serve Grow so we can change lives, help people that are struggling in their business and transform our profession. The only way we can do that is if you take the time to rate, review, and share this podcast. So that's my big ask. Just take a few seconds right now, wherever you're listening, leave a review. It would absolutely mean the world to me and it might just change the life of someone else. So thank you so much for being a part of our community. Oh, I know there's a lot of people that can relate to that today because it's, you know, as I feel like also too, as it becomes harder and harder to recreate the results we have, the natural tendency is to just think the answer is more work, doing more, right? And I think at some point, it's the understanding that not only for the betterment of yourself, 
But your leaders and your team at some point, they actually need you to take a step back from the business because we strangle it to death, right? We just try to do it and do it and do it. And every time we do it, we rob someone else of an opportunity to potentially do it and learn and grow. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's, isn't it so hard, like just let not doing, because then we feel guilty. I know it's this crazy, it's just this little catch 22 in your head of, I got to demonstrate it. I've got to be the example, but you, you did say that on one of our calls too, where it was like, (laughs) you're not demonstrating a life that people really want to have. Like, (laughs) so that was also like, oh my gosh, I've got to figure this out. Cause you've got family. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they're obviously important. Yes. Yeah. There's been a lot of reprioritizing my family. Again, just not knowing I, I was so in autopilot of just go, 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 go that it was, it was hard to know like, Hey, you don't have to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I think having clear values, mm-hmm. driving the decisions in your business are so important. Otherwise mm-hmm. it is so easy to just get lost in the hustle and the do more and the go faster. And sometimes we just have to ask ourselves, is this even aligned with what I really want? Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that's kind of where you got back to. The other, to me, the other side of it is the struggle, at least I know in my business, is sometimes when we delegate, it actually takes more work short term because we need to teach others. Yeah. We need to coach, we need to correct. And so I know for me, that drives the high performer in me crazy because I'm like, I could have done this thing like, three hours ago. and But we just have to get to a point where we recognize this is what leadership is. To reach the highest levels of leadership, we've got to learn how to slow down, include others, be more intentional in terms of the way that we do do things like delegation so that long-term we can have what we want. And we're also helping them more, right? Right. No, that is, yep, you bring up a real big pain point to the delegation factor because it's just it's just easier because in your brain it makes sense. You know what your caveats are to your downline report and who you're recognizing, you know. But do I need to like just for an example, like I have an assistant I have been training and they're naturally I have a lot of people I treat as first generation recognition type things. And there's is a whole list of them, a whole spat. And so that was really exhausting for me and for my personality because I'm so go, go, go to be like, I have to come let come through my report. This girl know that yeah. these 12 people, even though they're this, whatever, we have to treat them as such. And that it's just stupid. It sounds stupid even just saying it out loud, but little things like that, that I just know as like the mom of the yeah. team. But you have to slow down and teach people that so that so that long term wise this year I don't have to come through that. You know? Yeah. And it's slowing down to be able to speed up. Oh yeah. Right. It's like we reach a point in our business where we just reach our capacity to do more. And then that's when things start to slow, growth slows, we start getting frustrated, we lose our passion for the business. That starts to have its effect. And so it's almost like to your point, it's kind of like recalibration. Let's course correct. Where do we want to be? What do we need to do to get there? And I think for me, I know that's I've that's always been the biggest thing that I've seen value in my own personal coaches that I've hired is to have someone else get to know my business as well as me Mm -hmm. so that they could quickly help me identify those blind spots and those things that were blocking my growth 
That's mm-hmm. the reason why I know I value coaching so much in my own life. Yeah, no, it's good for someone to come in and see the messy house and be like, what is happening here? And sometimes it's also just validation that it's not as messy as you thought it was. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's not as bad. Right? Like we, you know, we're really quick to judge our own, you know, mm-hmm. how messy our stuff is. But when we recognize this is just kind of how it is sometimes, I think that's mm-hmm. helpful too as well. Yeah, so yeah. cool. Well, let, let's talk about content, okay? Because okay. this is, I know this is your kind of passion. This is the thing that you do as well as anybody that I know. Your primary platform is Instagram, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you are the, I think, the self-proclaimed reels queen, as you called yourself. That's so cool. tell me from your point of view, what's different today about social media? What do people need to do differently today if they really want to see results compared yeah. to how it's been? Yeah. Well, I, one, I think it's it's a great time to be a network marketer. I think it's a great time. It's an exciting time to be in this industry because if I was to compare this to three years ago before we had short form video, it, I feel like it was a little bit, it was a little bit tougher. So I would say what's different now is, is short form video is creating content that is clear, digestible, relatable, and storytelling. Like those are just some components to Instagram reels or Facebook reels, TikTok, whatever. But the power of these videos is that it allows you to, I say that this a lot, generate feelings for a stranger. And that can generate followers that can generate a new audience that you can just pull into right away. It doesn't happen overnight. I feel like it's a skill set you have to learn, but I feel like that's what is very different from three years ago, five years ago in this industry is that we now have these little, these little quick 15 second business cards that can bring people in if we're doing them correctly. Which are, to your point, are oftentimes more conducive to the storytelling component where we can just kind of document our journey and our life. And it doesn't have to be so always well thought out and well planned and scripted and put together, right? Because I, from my perspective, and we've been talking a lot about this is it's that authenticity today, right? That just relatability, that realness. That's the thing that people really are looking for. Yeah. Because even when Reels rolled out, I feel like in 2020, it was still a little bit more curated. It, It was still, Instagram was still trying like cover photos, like just making sure that it was a little bit more polished. But I feel like now this year is just seeing a lot of what's working is, is that authenticity? Is that storytelling? Is that relatability factor? Those way out way more than the perfect content. So what would you say? Let, so let's think within the context of, cause you're not somebody that's just teaching social media. Like you're actually teaching your team how to use social media, mm-hmm. right? Which is a slightly different application, but what would you say to the person new on your team you're saying this to them and they're like, Jackie, I, I just, what do I have to share? Like, I don't have a story. My life is boring. I'm a stay-at-home mother. I've never had success. Like, how do I tell my story in a way that actually this will work for me? Well, first I want to say <laughs> that as I onboard people, and this is something I did learn with you again, is I don't actually push all my new reps to jump on reels because it it, it creates this expectation that they're reels right away to start bringing in sales. And like I said before, it is still a skill set. It yeah. is still a skill set. Um, so uh, I actually, we really encourage a lot of like conversations and all the stuff that you talk about yeah. um, to new artists. But I will say 
I try when I, when I host these calls where we're trying to get creative about their own stories and how they can relate to people, I typically bring up, bring up people's vulnerabilities. Like I, I ask them right away, what are some of the things that you like, what is the, what's, what's a reason you almost didn't sign up. And that can generate already. We've created a lot of banter of like, well, this and that I don't look this way. I've never put on makeup before. I, you know, like people will come at me with all of these, you know, insecurities and we go over that on these calls on how those are actually hooks for reels. Those are actually, you know, um, the, the text boxes that we want in the first three seconds is the very thing that they are most insecure about. And we storytell. And when I just, I tell them this, I'm like, I just want you to tell the truth that that is the most underestimated tool when it comes to these Instagram reels is just saying what you feel like you shouldn't maybe say. And that oftentimes is someone's edge. So we, we dive into a lot of that on our calls of like, what can you share on your reels? Yeah. I love that. That's really good. I I love the, the vulnerability part of it. Right. I think that's super powerful to me. If the goal, so it's like, what's the goal is the goal to be relatable or to be liked by people. So if, if well, if the goal is to be liked, yeah. Social media is a really difficult place to be it's because because we we're, we're constantly assessing, you know, are are we good enough? Mm-hmm. You know, we're comparing ourselves to others. We're and and but if the goal is to be relatable, that is grounded in the fact that it's relatable to who. There's mm-hmm. a specific person, and so if we know that the person we're looking for through social media is just like us. And the goal is for us to just simply to relate to them by sharing who we are, then it feels like this less of a performance that we need to put on or a production where we just share our life. And if your life is boring, to your point, say, my life is boring. Exactly. Like, that's relatable. People are like, yep. I get it. My life is boring too, right? And so mm-hmm. saying what you're really thinking and feeling, that is authentic communication by the definition in the book. Say what you think and feel, not what you think you're supposed to say else to like or accept you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's that, and that, and we actually see that it's so ironic because I, I will be like, I will tell my team to go through their, their liked posts in the past week. And you can do that under the settings of Instagram or, or on TikTok, you can go through like, what did you like in the past week? And you go through and you will already find that we're not always liking like the glitzy and the glam. I mean, of course, sometimes we have those accounts we follow that are so unattainable and whatever, and you just are, you know, drawn to it. But a lot of it is that very normal mundane. It's just someone's putting into words, those feelings that you have. And everyone's capable of doing that. I do feel like it has, you have, there is a skill to it. You do have to uncover a little bit of copywriting and knowing how to speak that. But the more that you do it, the easier it gets. And yeah, that that's the edge that more of us need is that is relating to people. The other thing that I heard you say that I borrowed from you um, that I really liked was the question that you have people ask about, is there, you know, if somebody comes to your account that isn't interested in buying from you, could you share that kind of? Yeah, I have said, and as but it's not just me, these are experts everywhere. I feel like I draw from that. And I'm sure you've said it that, you know, when you can serve your following, it's, that's always the best is being a service creator or a service social seller. And so for me, I will test myself and my artists and being like, does my account, can it stand on its own if no one ever wants to buy from me? If no one ever wants to buy my one compact makeup, do I still hold a purpose in my content, in my reels, in my everyday stories? 
or is that the only thing that I'm solving for someone? And yeah, I feel like more, more of us would do better (laughs) if we could, if we had something to offer outside of just us offering our oils, our drinks and everything like that. I think it's such an important question. I actually would say it's a question you should ask yourself on every single post. I like that. Yeah. Like every post, if there's no value whatsoever and, you know, definition of value is what we've been talking about. Is there a tip or a piece of advice to help solve a problem? Is there part of your story that you're sharing to relate or connect, right? If the only purpose of the post is just to sell or recruit, then I would argue do not post today. No, that this is really good because this has been it's been a shift and I've been teaching my team as I've been learning from you about this because a lot of us will use the call to action comment palette and I'll build you a palette or comment shade match and I'll and, I'll, and that's the only call to action is that and you've yeah. really shaken that up by saying well, yeah. what if our call to action was like, tell me about your current makeup routine yeah. and, or tell me what was the makeup you wore in high school? And we opened up for more com- conversation versus just that very rigid. And sometimes it will land, but not all the time. That very rigid comment color match. And I will match you to a one compact palette. But you were saying, and then a lot of your podcasts and everything that, that the more we can actually generate these these conversations in the DMs and, and, you know, taking something from a comment on my reel about their makeup routine, in my case, then taking it to the DMs, I actually have a higher chance of that actually turning into a color match versus that very rigid, assuming right away that they're ready for my product. Totally. And the other thing too, is this, and you, I would guess you sometimes see this with makeup, definitely with skincare and health and wellness. Sometimes there are questions that feel really scary to ask in a conversation, like, you know, asking somebody directly about their skin quality or their weight, really hard to do in a conversation, but you can do that in a call to action. You can do that in a piece of content. And so you, the things that you're afraid to ask one-on-one, ask them out loud in your content, using calls to actions, talking about it in the post, so then the conversations are already coming to you around the topics and you don't have to be the one that brings it up out of thin air. Right. Yeah, I I heard this on a on a podcast yesterday that said always publicly handle objections or anything that you're afraid to yeah. you, like bring up to someone in person. Um and I I get that a lot from my artists they'll they'll send me screenshots of like trying to convince someone why they should buy our product cuz they'll like say something and I'm like you know, honest to goodness, I, I usually kind of roll over. And I don't know if that's correct. I don't know what you would say on that, but I usually kind of roll over. I don't like to be get combative and back and forth in a message, but I, mm-hmm. I always take said potential objection. I've got my next hook for my next reel. Yeah. I've got my next, you know, segment on my stories for, because I feel like that's a more gentle way, like you were saying, and of handling yeah. something that is so vulnerable and like kind of yeah. uncomfy is mm-hmm. in your content. And then doing it, to your earlier point, doing it in the construct of a story, of sharing an example, this happened, someone said this, I did this, always so much easier to deliver in that. Yeah, I love that. That's good. So awesome. Well, Jackie, I want to be respectful of your time. This was awesome. I'm just happy to have you on the show. You've been listening to it for so long. And, you know, I'm so... surreal, for sure. I'm so super grateful for just you and your support and really grateful to be coaching you and to be able to just even play a small part in helping the impact that you make in so many women's lives. So thank you so much for 
for being here. And I hope everybody got value out of our conversation today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So as promised, was that powerful or what? So I love that we covered such a broad cross spectrum of things, but I just suspect, I know there's lots of other people like Jackie that are in our community. So I thought it'd be really important to have her come on, tell her story, but really also just kind of share this experience of working together. And, you know, as I mentioned in the interview, I'll always have a coach for that specific reason. Just having somebody that gets to know your business as well as you do so that they can help you identify those blind spots and those areas where you're getting stuck. Such an important part of growing and reaching our full potential in business. So um, if you'd like to find out if you might be a fit for my one-on-one coaching, shoot me a message on Instagram. As I said, let me know who you are. Tell me a little bit about your business and, and we'll have a conversation. So as always, thanks for being here. Love and appreciate y'all. I'll see you soon on the next episode. Take care.